0: Creef on News Talk. Good afternoon, Maraid. Good afternoon to you, Sean. Yesterday, Maraid, we were talking about weather apps—the the way that people have an app on their phone and maybe one on their computer—and the, the, the weather yeah. is never the same, and you know it's inaccurate half the time. Is there a particular app that farmers use? Because presumably it's pretty important to farmers.
1: Well, the Met, Ar- the Met Ireland one, I think, is one—the well, one that we use here, and I know my husband can tell me there's rain coming in and to be here in 12 minutes. (laughs) I want to take in the washing. Um, So because, you know, we're here on the Western coast and you could, well, you can, you can see the River Shannon, you know, the estuary of the Shannon, but we're very near where there's a lot of rain always coming in. So whether it's the app that's getting it right, or he's making a good educated guess that it's bound to rain in every 12 minutes, um, I don't know, but it's raining here at the moment again, which, um, as it's right fed up. Do you know what we spent the morning doing or what I've spent most of the morning doing?
0: Go on, tell us, tell us.
1: I've been trying to get 14 pet lambs out of their shed and into the field. Right. (laughs) 14 pet lambs who have had the run of a shed, who've had milk ad lib. I mean, they've been getting milk like full time, have their cereals, have loads of... um, uh hay and cushy beds and plenty of space to run around in i turned them out this morning and i said you lot got to learn how to stand on your own feet now and learn how to eat grass and in behind me they'd go they did everything in their power to get back into the shed so it took about two hours to get them convinced that you know there was something good out here and you could actually eat this stuff and there was other sheep around and they nosed around and uh didn't race back in immediately. But one of the reasons they were really interested in staying inside is because it's not terribly warm and it is raining. Mm. And, um, you know, we're we we're way behind with everything in the farming year at the moment. Um, should be we have, well, well into the silage season at this stage, there should be plenty of lush grass coming through. Um, but farmers are looking at their paddocks and saying, you know how do we get it to stretch because we don't need to get back around again to the first field after eating the last field and find that there's hardly any grass in it so they're having to stretch the thing with um giving uh, last year's silage already you know giving it out to livestock or giving them cereals um there's nobody pulling out paddocks to make into silage because they need everything they have to keep grass in front of the livestock and it's just to do with ground conditions um the, way, the rain was very welcome, but the, the ground isn't warm enough. I mean, it's only six, seven degrees in parts of the country and it's not growing grass yet. So we badly need sunny, summer, sunshiny days.
0: Right. OK, so that's uh, so at the moment it's, you know, the, the grass is great for, or the rain is great for growing grass, but maybe we need a bit less of it at the moment as well
1: yeah well, no, well, look at the rain. It's no harm with the rain at the moment. everybody's looking for a bit of rain, even you know the fellas in wet ground they're looking for a bit of rain, but it's it's ground conditions that they would warm up a little bit. you know they're just too cold to grow grass copiously and um and we need it now at this stage, so look at um you know, but I mean, it's amazing. I could be sitting here next week talking to you. About the sun spitting the trees and the grass jumping out of the ground. <laughs> do um, yeah. just Like even how, if you, you know, I, I write gardening features for the Farmers Journal for Country Living. And, um, you, you know, we were doing some lovely features on wildflower meadows and on, you know, Irish cut flowers. There's a great um, boom in flower farming and people replacing, you know, the carnations from Spain or Portugal or whatever with lovely Irish grown flowers. And we were taught we were safe enough, like second week of May, with getting nice photographs. But there's hardly a thing out in bloom. Oh. And, you know, really now it was quite difficult. We were able to get cowslips and bluebells. But um, but the, the, the crops of wildflowers for wildflower seeds hadn't come out. Or, the you know, the the irish base flowers, there really wasn't a variety there that, you know, would, would be there maybe in two weeks' time. So even that's slow. And the other thing that's slow is... um. We, I made it or we, myself, my husband here, we've made a policy of letting the avenue and there's 300 meters of it. Um, letting the dandelions clock, you know, go into the little things, you know, goat seed, basically, uh, because we're always told it's great food for the bumblebees. So between that now and nettles and a couple of other things around the place, um, you think we, we, we have plenty of food for pollinators and um, there's not a sign of them, you know, because the weather has been wet and cold and they're not out there to take
0: advantage of what's grown in the gardens at the moment for them right okay so come on a bit of heat there please a
1: yeah, uh, bit uh, of heat and then you know your your listeners will realize that you know they'll know they haven't been able to take the the fleece off or they're going out with a hat on in the evenings true. you know yeah. and um you know and they're putting on the heavy socks you know the light socks and the sandals haven't come out yet um, so, you know, we're facing into the what, we're third week of May now heading into, oh, we're in the third week of May. And, um, so, you know, you think it'd be a bit better than that.
0: Now the Tullamore yeah. show, uh, that's, that's not going to happen this year. Uh, yes.
1: Yes. Yes. God, God, people were holding out that it might happen, you know, and, um, they're like, you know, we might get news in June, but they've decided to postpone it. Good news is if you're interested in 2022, it's on, on the 14th of August, <laughs> um, but like Tullamore's show, you know, I can hear people say, well, sure, what's the bother with that, you know? But shows are wonderful things, you know. They're run on the whole by volunteers, 99% of them, it's all voluntary effort. And that's just the people who prepare everything and get everything ready for a show. But then there's tens of thousands of people across the country who partake in shows at a competitive level, either showing livestock or Um, you know chickens or sponge cakes apple tarts artwork vegetables roses you name it people are enthusiastic um, uh, about you know all the competitions that take place and they're great you know source of kind of social cohesion in in an area when everybody's involved and people come home for to see go to the show on the saturday or the sunday or whatever it is. And um and now for the second year running it's it's not happening. Um it's also the shows are great as well for small local businesses, especially food businesses, but anything. Um, Uh, Because they get a chance to showcase their business on all the stands. And, you know, they will have thousands of people passing through over one or two days, depending on the size. But Tullamore, yeah, it's a big, um, it's a big loss. And we're told now that the decision on um, the plowing itself, which takes place in September, um, uh, the uh, Tullamore is in August. But the National Plowing is kind of mid to back half of um, Mm. September. So they're making the decision by the end of the week. So it's, it, it looks like unlikely as if that's going ahead when yeah, Tullamore isn't going ahead. But anyway, here we'll see how it goes. And uh, But there'll certainly be one thing that country people will be really looking forward to getting back. And that's their their day out at the show, getting ready to calf to show at the show, watching how the dahlias are growing because you're going to show them when you're going to win that cup. You know, it's that whole thing um that that drives the shows. And you know, they've a long history in the country. I think Pilltown is the oldest in the country, or the Ivert show. Um don't ask me now, it's over a hundred years gone, I'd imagine, at this stage. But and no doubt somebody will ring in and tell you. But um, but anyway, it's a it's a pity now that um, we don't have that to look forward to during the summer.
0: Yeah, so if there's no Tullamore Show and and y- y- as you say that w- w- makes it kind of very dodgy for the plowing, which is so much bigger, there's, that yeah. means there must be loads of other shows that aren't happening as well. Well, that's it.
1: The, everything, the whole lot of them are cancelled. Yeah. Everything up to August anyway is cancelled, and um, yeah, and 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 you know the way you know if you're you're in a committee and. You're you're doing this work, you, you know, who's in charge of the park and who's looking after health and safety and who's putting up stands and, you know, who's going to do this, that and the other and who's going to do the judging and getting the judges and all the work that goes into it. It kind of goes on automatic. Like people tell me that they start preparing for a county show the week after the last one. That's mm. when they the work starts into getting the next one organized. All the fundraising that has to be raised for it, you know, for the sponsorships and everything. Um and the, and the support that's given. So you've got this kind of well-oiled machine of volunteers to do it. But two years away from it, will they be as committed? Will they have found other things to put their time into? You know, they're going to have to re-establish all that infrastructure that holds the show together, which is substantial. Like It really is an amount of work. And... um uh, so, you know, I, I wish the committees well and I hope the volunteers get a chance to, to show off their, their, their area and their produce and their livestock But at, at, at the very latest this time next year.
0: Now, I, I didn't know you were a devotee of TikTok, but uh, there, there's, <laughs> uh, there's something going on there involving ducks or ducklings. Yeah, there's, this has been getting
1: a bit of publicity, but I just wanted to reiterate, you know, the con- concern over it. Um, this is, there's something that, you know, do- baby ducks are really cute. They're mm. yellow. They've got little beaks. They go quack, quack, quack. They absolutely scutter like nobody's business all over the place. And uh, you wouldn't want to put them anywhere except in their own, you know, uh, place. They need, they need water and they need special food. And... But what they're being used at the moment is to create the videos of a day of a li- in the life of a duckling. And when the video is done, people don't know what to do with these bloody ducks. And um, one, and, and to tell you the extent of it, there's a young fellow down in Nimerick called Jimmy Stokes and he runs Freeway Poultry. And one day there in the last few days he had over 700 calls looking for ducklings. Christ, 700, 700 calls looking for ducklings. Um, and um, He's um, he has suspended all sales and any orders he's taken, he's cancelled and refunded. So, you know, he, he would be he and, and the other poultry suppliers across the country um, would usually be selling to backyard producers, you know, the people who keep six ducks and six hens and sell yeah. the eggs in the farmer's market or something like that. And um, so there, there's never been a problem in terms of animal welfare or anything like that with those and um he's continuing to to work with people who are commercially minded but this idea of buying a duck as an accessory to make a day, a, a day in the life of a duck or a duckling you know it's it's really hard on on the little creatures and um it really should stop and cease straight away
0: yeah oh god and people just want them for, like as a pet and then no
1: it's it's to do this there's some tiktok now again yeah. i i'm the wrong demographic there now that we're talking about tiktok or tiktok um but uh they're no they're doing the, the a day in the life of a duck of a duckling so they're, they're very they really are adorable like they're beautifully cute little things and like unlike like baby well baby chicks are pretty as well but they're more gawky but the little ducklings are lovely and um so you know you make your tic tac tick tock video of the day in the life of a
0: duckling and then what do you do with the duck Indeed. Now, hedgerows. Uh, and uh, would it be, our hedgerows are doing better perhaps than we thought?
1: Well, seemingly they are uh, when it comes to uh, the length of them, how much of them we have. Um, and this is according now to uh, uh, Dr. Hazel Sheridan who was talking about a UCD report on it. And it was Siobhan Walsh from the Farmers Journal who was uh, writing about it. So, um in terms of the length of hedgerow that we have, we're 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 pretty good, but we're not as good when it comes to the quality of it. Now I learned two or the application of two words that I'd never known before, and um, what the well they divided or they looked at the way the hedges are grown. And 45% of the field boundaries surveyed were considered stock-proof hedges. Now, stock-proof means that animals couldn't get through them. Mm. They were fine and dense. They were, you know, right from bottom to top. There was no great big holes or anything like that in it. So they're called stock-proof hedges. But another 30% were considered escaped. Now, I never heard of an escaped hedge in my life. It's the first time I've heard that term used. But this is where the, the, the hedges are gappy, And they need a lot of intervention. They need coppicing and they need laying, you know, laying down the white horn um, in order to rejuvenate it. And that works very well if you have the time or if you can afford to hire somebody in to do it. It's really, really effective. Um, But they they are not stock proof. The gaps there, sheep will go through them, livestock will go through them, anything will go through them. So they're no use as, as, you know, boundary fences. And then the next lot then, 20% of them are considered relics. Again, never another term i never heard applied to hedges and relic hedges. They're just like a row of trees and maybe a couple of mounds, but they've lost all pretense to be a, a stock-proof hedge. And um, but they are important when it comes to biodiversity and wildlife on a farm. So um, the the other thing then is um, that uh, in terms, according to this, Doctor Sheridan in UCD there was about an average of 13% semi-natural habitat on Irish grassland farms. Now, that would be kind of like headlands and, you know, a bit of a hole, you know, or a bit of a spot where there's maybe a puddle and, you know, a bit of a spring and there's rushes around it or something like that. So we have about 13% of semi-natural habitat on Irish grassland farms. Uh, grassland, And that depends on the kind of farm you're in. If you're on a tillage farm, you probably have much less. If you're in a dry stock or a sheep farm, you probably have more. But um, but in comparison, Ireland fares very well there because um, the Netherlands, you're talking about 2.1%, 2.12% in France and uh, 1.4% in Poland. So we at 13%, we have an awful lot more of that kind of semi-natural habitat. Around we could do with putting in more, mm. um. But it's it's excellent for wildlife. It provides shelter. It provides housing. It provides food, and it provides movement corridors, safe movement corridors. So so that's the the information. And just on that, um, farmers are being asked to um take part in the festival of farmland diversity, which takes place this month. And it sounds like highfalutin, but basically what they want you to do is um to send in photographs of ponds and hedgerows and biodiversity and birds and everything that happen on your farm and maybe to send one in a day and it'll make people more aware of what they have on the farm and you can access it on www.biodiversityireland.ie forward stroke farmland. Farmland by biodiversity.
0: Ah, uh, well, That's people building. can look out for that. We have to leave it there. Maureen, thanks yeah. a million as ever. Thank Ma- you. Uh, there. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on Newstalk. We're going to take a break after that. A house that was printed. Moncrief on Newstalk.